Good evening, dummies. Matt Spear from Don't Unfriend Me. It is fantastic to be with you tonight. I'm live. I've got a lot of people watching. We're already up to like 200 interactions. It's really good to see so many people on. This show is going to be a fun one. We're going to be talking about conspiracy theories, but how that has damaged the Republican Party. How it has impacted our government and the way that we treat other people. See, QAnon's been around for a while. In fact, they've just gone by different names over the years. But I'm going to dive into what we did wrong. We're also going to talk about the insurrection and an FBI report that was found. And all of that is a good time. I don't have a joke tonight. All I can tell you is it's episode 2010. 2010. Wow, I just did it. I just mucked up. Well, it's live. I really can't do anything about it, so I'm just going to suck it up and go on. Episode 210. I don't have a joke tonight. We're not going to do one. We're going to get right into the thick of it. Hang tight. I'll be right back after these wonderful messages from Don't Unfriend Me. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest always direct so sit back relax don't unfriend me starts right now well thank you dummies i appreciate it by the way what is a dummy i'll tell you in a second my name is matthew spear as i said episode 210 I can I tell you how much I love you guys. I really do. I enjoy talking with you. I listen, anybody that gives me a chance to continue to yap this trap for as long as I can makes me feel awful special. So thank you so much. What would also mean a whole bunch if you wouldn't mind is going to my social media down here. You can see it. We're now on Rumble. A rumble in the jungle. I think I've got four followers. I'm taking rumble by storm, although slowly. I figure by 2086, I might have a whopping 10 people if I keep this up. But YouTube is growing, and it took a while. I haven't put a penny into it. I'm well over 200 now, and people are interacting. But Facebook is where we live, eat, and breathe. Over 30,000 followers. We're ready to click 31,000, 27,000 likes. It is growing well, and that is because you do the one thing I need you to do, which is to like, share, and subscribe. I see all the like comments are going on because I had a moment of love for my listeners and all of a sudden they just blew it up. So thank you for doing that. What do we do here? Well, we talk about politics, current events, and pretty much what everyone else isn't because I try to keep my eye on the actual trees in the forest where everyone else gets distracted. Hey, squirrel. And even though I'm all over the place, I do tend to focus and that is when we do the show. So let's get started and talk about it. But first, I mentioned dummies. Dummies, that's you. And no, it's not an insult. Everyone is a don't unfriend me. It's an acronym. Barstool Sports has their stoolies. I have the dummies. Whether you've watched for one minute or you've watched for 210 episodes after tonight, you are a dummy. But beware. We also have the dum-dums. They're rare. They don't come out very often, but they like to come and talk about their talking points from CNN or Fox News and talk bad about Donald Dumpf, which is just so clever and cute. But honestly, these people don't want to have a conversation. They have no possibility of changing their mind. They are led by Dusty Dinkelman, the original dum-dum, who is nowhere to be seen. What a shame, shame. Folks, if that doesn't work for you, if you can't visit me on all these social media sites, and there are a plethora of them, go to don'tunfriendme.com. You can click on that link. You can see all the wonderful things you're seeing here, videos, podcasts, and blogs occasionally, and some fun links. Stop on by and say hello. But with no further ado, let's get to it. Wolves in sheep's clothing. 
The House committee investigating what happened at the Capitol on January 6 announced Monday that it will try to obtain phone records from several hundred people, including lawmakers, to get to the bottom of what was discussed beforehand. However, a report recently released already generating fierce political controversy that a long-running FBI investigation has concluded, and the events in the Capitol were not the result of an organized plot to overthrow the presidential election result. I want to say that again. There was no plot to overthrow the presidential election result. Maybe I want to take down my dum-dums. Sorry about that, folks. My first day, I'm learning. Lieutenant Dan, Jenny keeps poking me in the butt talks. Anyway, quoting current and former law enforcement sources with knowledge of the investigation, the FBI at this point believes the violence was not centrally coordinated. And it has found no evidence that President Trump or people directly around him were involved at all. This report, if accurate, deals a devastating blow to the Democratic Party and liberal media narrative that January 6th was an insurrection. The worst assault on the U.S. government since the War of 1812, or at least the Civil War. Somewhat belying these hyperbolic historical comparisons is the fact that the protesters who breached the Capitol were unarmed, and the only incident of gunfire was when a Capitol police officer shot and killed a woman, Ashley Babbitt, which I did a show on right after that day when I was down there. A shooting for which he will not face disciplinary action. Also telling is that of more than 500 individuals arrested, not only a few cases reportedly have been adjudicated, and most of these involved individuals who accepted plea bargains were for relatively minor offenses, such as trespassing or obstruction of justice in order to avoid incarceration, which most people tend to do when they're trying to avoid incarceration. Obviously, both the Democratic Party and many in the liberal media are powerfully invested in portraying January 6 as one of the most dangerous, sinister threats to democracy in the history of the republic. And here is evidence of a concerted effort to transform American politics and culture in ways congenial to the progressive wing of the Democratic Party and its media enablers. Shirt adjustment. The energetic but failed attempt to establish a national commission similar to the following 9-11 was formed and subsequently struck down. The formation of the bipartisan House investigation with the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi dictating which GOP members could serve. The swift construction of vast fence surrounding the Capitol, along with more soldiers than we had in Iraq and Afghanistan combined at the time, to repel an expected attack from the masses of violent extremists that never showed. How about the solemn declaration by, presidential, uh, by President Biden and Pentagon officials that the greatest threat to our national security was not China or Russia, but domestic terrorists? And then they put a cherry on top of that by saying it was people who actually questioned COVID. And although they didn't have any proof, they just kind of felt that people who challenged the vaccine and COVID were just up to no good. That's nice. Supposition really is a great way to persecute people. Wow, it's almost like the Jews. The strong commitment of the Secretary of Defense and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to identify and purge from the military ranks the large number of known white supremacists that supposedly were in uniform. And lastly, the ominous willingness of tech giants to demonize and silence any voices daring to question the narrative, including President Trump, 
but not the Taliban or Iranian officials or Hezbollah. History does not lack for examples of high-profile events being seized upon and radically reconfigured to advance a political agenda. Among the best known is the Reichstag fire of February 27, 1933, which Adolf Hitler, in power barely a month, transformed to enable the destruction of his principal opponent, the Communist Party, and impose a brutal single-party rule over the entire German nation. This was a familiar playbook, and it was memorably described by George Orwell in his classic novels, Animal Farm, in 1984. Leroy Brown is jumping around in wonderful glee that I mentioned those two books. The insurrection narrative seemed to be working for a while, but lately it has been bumping into a few inconvenient truths. It's funny how truth does that. <clears throat> Most notably, the residual strengths inherent in the battered yet unbroken pillars of American democracy. The rule of law and our oft-criticized but enduring constitution of these United States. Truly startling events have cascaded upon our country during the past year, ranging from the merely objectionable to the calamitous. The American people are seeing their lives change in ways that they did not expect or want. Generally, a tolerant people traditionally committed to expressing themselves through elections. There is mounting evidence that once again, Americans will advance a new narrative, rather different from that enshrined as Insurrection Day. But let's stop for a second and take off the rose-colored glasses and all these tropes that we constantly hear. As a party, we screwed up monumentally. We allowed ourselves to be played, duped, and swayed by the media narrative and conspiracy theories galore. The online cult QAnon had identified March 4th as the day their predictions would come true. Nearly 5,000 National Guard troops were ordered to remain in Washington, D.C. Capitol Police warned internally of a Q-filled militia plot. And FBI officials noted it was on alert as well. Congress shut down operations for the entire day. And then, nothing. No plot, no protests, no Q. March 4th was a limp, dried-out, big, fat, nothing burger. Dates have always played a crucial role in the cult of Q, the baseless conspiracy theory that there is a global cabal of Satan-worshipping child sex traffickers and that former President Donald Trump is involved in a righteous plan to bring these evildoers to justice. The group's predictions are often tied to some date on the horizon when Trump's adversaries would have started to be arrested and that the global sex trafficking ring would have been exposed. The latest date was March 4th, but before that, it was January 20th, and before that, it was December 5th, and before that, some date in Red October. To understand March 4th, we have to start with all the other March 4ths that came before it. QAnon has a long-warned has long warned that there is a storm coming, and that at some point this shadowy group of democratic and celebrity elites, said to be pedophiles who eat babies and drink children, children's blood, would be brought to justice. When exactly this will take place has been a moving target since Q's inception. And now that I am somewhat speaking out against it, I am now a cannibalistic baby pedophile killer, of course. When this prophecy failed, just as all the previous ones had, many QAnon followers were inconsolable. It was almost like their puppy died. Some even decided to abandon the movement altogether, saying they felt duped. Huh, 
If only they would have listened to Don't Unfriend Me. But others simply went back to the drawing board, hoping to find another date on which to hang their perilous hopes. That's when March 4th started to pick up the steam. But no matter the topic, the Kraken, Pizzagate, JFK Jr. Zombie, Lizard People, Soros with the Nazi Third Reich in South America, they were harmless stories like the Sasquatch and the Loch Ness Monster until they weren't. People who I know found it to be a guilty pleasure, like our mothers with the National Enquirer at the supermarket. They would take the Sunday Times and place the sun on the inside so nobody would know what they were actually reading. Kind of like a Playboy with a mad magazine in front, as prepubescent boys looking for a cheap thrill would often do. All of that was once again innocent and completely benign until it wasn't. Did you know that the word gullible does not appear in any dictionary? It's true. Look it up. I'll wait. Go ahead. Look up gullible. Of course, some of us thought about it, and we started walking towards the dictionary, and then it dawned on us. We don't have dictionaries anymore. And second, whoops, I almost fell for that. But you didn't. And why didn't you? Because you have firsthand knowledge of the dictionary, and you know for certain that that word is there. Even though you weren't 100% sure, you allowed yourself to disseminate, object, and then decide quickly, almost fluidly. Then, why are we so damn eager to believe the other nonsense? Because if I told you that the Webster's Dictionary was purposely leaving out words in the dictionary that focused on dumbing down America in regards to perception, deductive reasoning, and inquisitive decision-making, with words like naive, dumb, duped, conned, then you may wonder if the word gullible would be a word on that list. So even though you know better, you have information that is to the contrary. So deductive reasoning is replaced with inquisitiveness and then affirmation. You convince yourself that it won't be there. Because you have established credibility within the source and from the source in your own mind. But then you look it up in the dictionary and you see it is there. So then you begin to create self-conjecture and supposition. It's in your own head. Telling yourself that it must be an earlier version of the Webster's. That it's possible that they knew you were a person who would investigate this. So when you bought it from, uh, and they checked your Amazon buying record and your habits... They checked your political affiliations and education, listened to you on your iPhone, so they sold you an unaltered version at the bookstore. Why? Because nobody likes to feel stupid. That's why. And that's what we do. The fight or flight processes kicks in, and instead of smiling to yourself and realizing you just almost wasted your time and dove into a rabbit hole, you waste your time and dive into a rabbit hole. What do you find after a few Google searches or check on Reddit? Like-minded people who not only are searching for the truth, but you uncover the people who are confirming your delusions and aiding you down that hole in the fact that gullible isn't in the dictionary, even though it is. This is QAnon. This is the path that thousands of Americans embraced, latched onto, and still cling to to this day. No matter how many times I fought people on this from November 3rd till March 4th, they literally kept kicking the can down the road. 
I can't express how frustrating it was to see intelligent and articulate people who I considered friends to be reduced to a dribbling mess of personal denial and dismissive afterthought. It was a blind loyalty that I couldn't understand. Now, for those that feel slighted or upset with me for my honest account, there is another side to this coin. Yes, QAnon supporters and clickbait casters are a complete waste of time and have literally set us back. But why is that so important? Because we are not the party of riots. We are not the party of cancel culture. We are not the party of anti-police. We are not the party of anti-law. Anarchy is not within our vocabulary. And at our core, we believe in the merit of law. We allowed the Democrats to gain, at the very least, the narrative that garnered them the moral high ground, at least for a short period of time. From BML riots to failed impeachment, the endless news cycle against Trump, Syria, we made the biggest mistake of not letting the Democrats hang themselves with the Trump rope. We knew once he left that they would never stop, and they haven't. But the pseudo-insurrection and conspiracy theories added and aided them in their endeavor to gain public favor. And if Trump would have simply left and his supporters remembered and waited, we would have set the Democrats up for one of the largest defeats coming in 2022 and 2024. We will still win, but it set us back nonetheless. We have to activate our minds and use our intuitiveness to stay focused and frosty. No more mistakes. We can't afford them. No more temper tantrums. We have to be surgical with our energy and work together to see through all of these distractions. The sole focus is to take back our government, and that will not take four years. It will not take eight years. It won't matter about the House or the Senate. What will matter is that we show up and follow the one thing that the left fails to embrace, the Constitution of the United States. It is specifically designed for this reason after all. And we may scoff at the idea and pretend that a revolution is coming in the streets, but the truth is those days are long gone. We have to turn the momentum in our favor by elevating our involvement and end the way we are always passive. We accept too much and hold accountable even less. Call it Christianity or good old boy nature, but the time for dissent is now. The left have this number down and learned long ago that protest moves mountains. We were on the precipice of something great on January 6th, and we will find that we were led from the flock to the wolves. We have to start being shepherds. And yes, the Democrats believe in their own form of conspiracy theory, which is the mainstream media. But they are still sheep, like the rest of us. Maybe different by location or shape and size, but still sheep nonetheless. And if we are most assuredly sheep, the corrupted elephant elements of our government are the wolves. Over the years, I have found one truth. Defending one party exclusively makes you look like a sheep. A sheep from a different flock, nonetheless, but still a sheep. Pardon me if I refrain from any position from either side. Because I'm more concerned with the wolf looming 300 yards away. And for any of us to defend his intentions, assume positive motives, or tell us it's a fluffy rabbit instead of a flesh-ripping wolf are just delusional. Both flocks should be concerned with the inherent probability that the wolf will not only fray into the western flock, 
but it will unmercifully do the same to the eastern flock as well. Because in the end, it would be in the wolf's best interest to allow one of the flocks to repopulate and replenish. But he is unable to control himself, and his bloodthirstiness outweighs any form of reason or control. Why? Because a wolf is loyal to his pack, not the food. Republicrat or Demican, it matters not. It is the same shit from a different pile, and we are all sheep. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Took a little bit of time on that one. I had fun, and thank you for listening. Please share, like, subscribe. This will be cut later, and you can go ahead and share it with your friends and family if you are so disposed to do so. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is way too many. They need your help. The only way that will happen. I noticed Fox News is now talking about Veteran Crisis Hotline. Thank you. I'm sure I had nothing to do with that, but remember, you heard it here first. Traumatic brain injury, PTS, anxiety, depression are all real things, and veterans suffer from these more than any other demographic, except for, surprisingly enough, well, we don't need to go there. I've told you the stats. The point is, is that we can help veterans with conversation. It starts with you. Give them this phone number. Reach out to a vet. If you haven't talked to anyone soon, please do that. During COVID, it was very tough, but the holidays are the roughest. If you can't reach out to a vet, call me. I will make that call with you. I have done it many times before, and I will continue to do it. And if that doesn't work, provide the vet with my URL. They can click on the top right-hand corner, go to the VCL link. They'll be connected to a Skype operator or through their phone and be able to talk to somebody live. It's all confidential. It doesn't matter whether you're a veteran or currently serving. Nobody will know. And I know there's a lot of people with clearances who are worried about that because that's a real concern. Don't worry, it's confidential. And lastly, if you are a civilian, you don't have to be a veteran. They'll never turn you away. They will find you the right number. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Please remember, don't leave. I'll be back to answer all these questions that are just looming for me to answer. Thank you for taking part. Thank you for watching Don't Unfriend Me. Thank you for helping us grow. Thank you for sharing and liking. If you haven't done it, please make the rounds. Click the little red envelope here on YouTube. Follow, like, and share. Go into your settings. Do whatever you can. But most importantly, I have a new ask for you. Start using your voice. Stand up and say something and start to write. And I don't care if you're not the most prolific writer. I don't care if you're not an orator. You have a talent. And any talent can be used for the good of the people around you. We must become shepherds. It's very sexy to be a wolf, and it's not to be a sheep. But being a shepherd is the best of both worlds because you have compassion and humanity in your heart, and that is who we should be. Stop hating your brother and sister. No matter how naive we all can be, we have more in common than apart. Remember, that's just my opinion. You can agree. You can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. All I ask in the end is you don't unfriend me. I'll see you tomorrow for 2.11. Stay tuned. The people who are live, I will be right back.